This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. On the eve of Barack Obama's inauguration as President of the United States, Wharton Finance Professor Richard J. Herring discussed with Knowledge at Wharton some of the advice offered to the new chief executive by the Shadow Financial Regulatory Committee, a group of economists, former regulators, and lawyers, of which Herring is a co-chair. In an open letter to Obama, the committee suggested that the government quickly should extract itself from the investments it made to rescue the financial system and devise a new regulatory framework for preventing future crises. Herring also assessed the deepening woes at Citigroup. Professor Herring, thanks for joining us today. Perhaps you could tell us in just a few short sentences what the Shadow Financial Regulatory Committee is and what it does. Well, it's a, um, a group of uh, economists, former regulators, and lawyers that uh, meet quarterly in Washington to take a look at, at recent regulatory initiatives or initiatives that ought to take place and um, write press statements um, usually we'll have interviews that are strictly off the record with uh, uh, policymakers and uh, then issue press releases on uh, the following noon. So it's, it's a group that's been together for a little more than 20 years. Um, it has had, um, in some cases, some very important impacts on public policy. Uh, it can be viewed virtually as the author of the fiduciary reforms and prompt corrective action. Um, and so it, it, it has um, had a, a long history of, of looking at the very kind of problem we're confronted with today. Did the latest session of the Shadow Committee include briefings from the incoming administration? Not yet. We've uh, talked to some people who may be involved in the incoming administration, but typically uh, the briefings will be by uh, current policymakers. Uh, they do so only on grounds, of course, that we never repeat what they say, but it does help us keep in touch with what's going on in the inside as well as what we know from our, our own research and, and uh, simply keeping abreast of the news. Based on its most recent meeting, the committee has produced an open letter to President Obama about the nation's response to the financial crisis. Have you seen anything about the Obama plan that gives cheer to the Shadow Committee? Uh, it's really very early to say. Um, they obviously have, have made some very good choices for people who are involved, although even the structure of, of how things will be formulated is unclear. There are some doubts about who will be Secretary of the Treasury um, and exactly the role Paul Volcker plays versus Larry Summers is not so clear either, but um, uh, they, he's certainly put together a credible team of experienced players. One of your committee's recommendations is that the government should move as quickly as it possibly can to remove itself from the banking system. Why is that so important? Well, because the more deeply the government gets into actually owning and controlling the banking system, the closer we may come to a system of government-allocated credit. And we know from uh, literally uh, hundreds of of examples that that ends badly for uh, overall long-term growth. Um, it, it, it may be necessary for the government to temporarily intervene, and they actually have a very good legislative framework for doing that with banks called bridge banks, where they um, form a temporary charter. Uh, uh, it's usually for two years, renewable, I think, for another two years. 
um, and it gives them time to figure out the best disposition of the bank. And it's a much better way of proceeding than to have a shotgun merger over a weekend where nobody knows what uh, exactly the uh, banks are worth. Moreover, that kind of approach inevitably leads to a bigger and bigger banking system. A particularly um, bad example of this policy was the attempt to put City together with Wachovia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wachovia was bankrupt. Um, well, it was it was clearly headed for uh, insolvency. And to find Citicorp as a rescuer suggests that uh, the, the regulators really didn't know much about the true value of Citicorp, even though they've been living inside them for uh, literally decades. Now, what does that say about our ability to regulate the banking industry? Um, I think it says that we need to rely a lot more on market discipline and a lot less on supervisory discipline because time and again the supervisors have, have shown themselves incapable of preventing this sort of crisis. It also shows we need to rethink the fundamental regulatory framework. Um, another very good example of just how hard it is to do these things in a hurry uh, was Morgan Stanley's attempt to sell itself to Wachovia. Now, Morgan Stanley is widely regarded as one of the premier institutions for valuing other institutions in the world, yet it was trying to sell itself to a bankrupt institution two weeks before it went under, which suggests that we really do not have sufficient disclosure for outsiders to make uh, intelligent guesses about what's going on, although certainly the... um, uh, markets have had much better information about this than one would glean from either the regulatory statements that they're meeting all the regulatory requirements or uh, one would glean from the ratings agencies, which inevitably lag. Now, what was it about the regulatory framework that contributed to the current crisis? Well, there were obviously failures um, uh, all round, not least of all in the private sector. But the government, I think, does deserve uh, an enormous proportion of the blame for which uh, most people don't really um, have a clear view. Uh, And it it has to do with the perfectly laudable uh, motive of uh, creating more homeowners. But the wrong way to do that is to give greater leverage to people whose incomes are very volatile and uncertain in the first place. If you want to make stable homeowners, then you should give them grants, and grants that can, in fact, be uh, targeted and that can be monitored and evaluated. Uh, Congress didn't want to do that, and the failure goes all the way back to the Johnson administration, when uh, President Johnson wanted to um, have both guns and butter during the Vietnam War, he spun off Fannie Mae as a quasi-private institution, and Freddie Mac was created to uh, have some uh, quasi-competition between the two. Um, Their role was to uh, enable people to leverage up more to buy houses. Um, Over time, they received more and more pressure to be involved in funding low-income housing. And they also saw opportunities to make more money by actually directly holding mortgages. Um, During the uh, last uh, five or six years, they got more and more pressure from congressional committees for 
uh, their overseer to have them be more involved in low-income housing. And they negotiated a deal to be able to satisfy that requirement by buying um, highly rated tranches of subprime mortgage securitizations. They ended up with about 50% of the market. market. That was an enormous um, uh, stimulus to demand. It meant that uh, investment banks that were uh, creating these products had uh, much stronger incentives because he had a ready market to place them and I think it led to a deterioration of credit standards all the way down the line. Um, and, of course, it led to the collapse of Franny, uh, Fanny and Freddie uh, in the end. Another huge failing, uh, to my point of view, was uh, in 2004, the SEC, um, in response to pressure from the Europeans, agreed to have to set up a uh, voluntary regime in which they would be responsible for oversight of the investment banks using Basel II type rules, which meant they gave up their leverage requirements and based their requirements on risk-weighted assets. Well, they judged that investment banks had very little risk attached to them, and so investment banks leveraged up. Uh, they were usually, most of them, above 30 to 1. Now, if you're leveraged 30 to 1, you've got to have an almost perfect portfolio. There's no scope for error. And when you get uh, hit with the kind of shock that happened to housing markets, which should have been foreseeable because the economist had covers on it about four times a year for the last five or six years, um, you're finished. Um, any institution that the, that is that highly leveraged is is simply doomed. Uh, we chose to to uh, talk about it as a liquidity problem, and wasted an entire year creating liquidity facilities um, that were simply forbearance and didn't really accomplish any of the cleaning up that has to be done. Now, the Shadow Committee's report also urges the new administration to define its overall crisis management strategy. How can they do that in an environment in which the crisis has thrown so many curves at regulators already? Well, it, I think, has really dealt with these things in a very ad hoc way. Um, and it's very hard for the market to anticipate what the rules of the game are. Um, maybe the best example of that is the difference between the way they treated Bear Stearns and the way they treated Lehman Brothers. Uh, Bear Stearns was bailed out, well, essentially through a shotgun marriage with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, where uh, the regulators put in a $29 billion guarantee in the end. Um, and uh, it was done largely on the grounds that they feared the consequences that Bear's collapse might have on the rest of the system. Uh, it's very hard to argue the system was more vulnerable in March than it was in in, August, in September. Um, Bear was half the size of Lehman Brothers. It had um, uh, half as big a dealer position. It had uh, uh, half as many assets. It was simply not nearly as big. And uh, the market foresaw that coming. If you look at the credit default swaps, uh, spreads, which are the market's measure of how likely a bank is to default, in about the same way they saw uh, a collapse at Lehman Brothers. But 
at Lehman Brothers, um, they suddenly decided that um, they were going to try to end uh, the moral hazard they'd created with Bear Stearns and with uh, Fannie and Freddie to some extent by simply stepping aside and letting it go through bankruptcy. They thought the spillover consequences would be in the credit default swap markets and in the uh, repo markets, and they set up facilities to handle those. But it turned out the really big hits were on the money market funds, and the money market funds are the very lifeblood of financing uh, corporate America and uh, because they hold commercial paper and uh, they're usually considered to be nearly as safe as uh, guaranteed bank deposits and, and almost as safe as treasury bills. So it caused them to have to, uh, without any planning at all, put forward a, a, a full guarantee for money market mutual funds, and it, it's just a very slippery slope. Moreover, the um, uh, bail, the failure to uh, deal with uh, Lehman in an orderly way because a bankruptcy was completely unplanned led to a situation where um, they hadn't really thought through the international consequences. Now, um, Lehman had something like 40 subsidiaries in 20 different countries, and each of these countries had a different way of dealing with an insolvent institution. Turns out in the UK, where uh, a huge amount of the activity had gone, especially the prime brokerage activity, the um, funds of uh, uh, hedge funds were actually mingled with the firm's own funds. And those may be tied up for a decade or more as, as the administrators try to figure out what's going to happen. So the hedge funds were forced into... Uh, hurried sales of, of their other assets, which depressed par- markets that were already illiquid. We had um, a, a virtual meltdown of the system. Um, it was such um, a, an excruciating experience that the group of seven met early in October, and one of the headlines out of the meeting was never another Lehman Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that Lehman Brothers should necessarily have been saved, what I am suggesting is there was surely a more orderly way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. A bridge bank would have been a possibility if they'd sought permission to do that earlier, uh, but um, uh, uh, maybe even more importantly, it would have been better not to save Bear and set up the expectations that uh, Lehman was too big to save. Are there parallels in that chain of events to what's happening with Citigroup right now? Oh, Citigroup is the horror show of, of, of all failures because Citigroup is in oh, surely nearly 100 countries, if not more. It has 2,500 uh, majority-owned subsidiaries, and that's not counting all of the off-balance sheet special purpose vehicles that have caused so much loss. Um, it is unclear that they could even map Citibank's activities into the entities that would have to be taken through bankruptcy if they went into it. Uh, the regulators have simply permitted these institutions to adopt corporate complexity that defies resolution. The top 16 financial institutions have two and a half times as many majority-owned subsidiaries as the top 16 corporations. And that's entirely due to regulation, Mm -hmm. uh, or getting around regulation more particularly. 
Um, so one of the things that um, they could do that I think regulators world round should do is to require every single institution to have a, a live bankruptcy plan that gets updated every quarter uh, in the same spirit they have business continuity plans because winding them down is just as important as, as keeping them going. Um, because as we've seen, if you wind them down clumsily, uh, you can have really serious systemic impact. The committee's report also suggests that the government's financial rescue efforts have created too much moral hazard, which occurs when investors take risks they would otherwise avoid because they think they'll be bailed out if their investment goes bad. Uh, It's true, and the government has, in in virtually every case except Lehman, hugely extended the problem by uh, offering full guarantees. Um, they, uh, in fact, after the Lehman uh, debacle, uh, increased deposit insurance with virtually no discussion. They more than doubled it, and they extended it even to um, creditors who were not even depositors. So that one source of discipline was lost. Um, the, there are multiple problems with this. One of the problems is what's your exit strategy? We know from uh, literally dozens of studies of countries that have been through this before, and you know we've had 138 such crises, uh, that it's enormously difficult to unwind these guarantees once you've offered them. There's never a good time to take them away because somebody's always depending on it. Um, and uh, it... Uh, enormously increases the burden on supervisors because the market has no real incentive to discipline these institutions. An interesting suggestion in the committee's letter deals with compensation, but not for executives. The letter proposes tying the compensation of regulators and supervisors to their performance in overseeing these institutions over a number of years. Now, how would that work and what would the impact be? One of the problems is we don't pay supervisors nearly well enough, and so we don't have the, the uh, pool of talent we ought to to oversee these very, very sophisticated institutions. But having said that, um, there's almost no accountability for supervisors, partly because we're very vague on what their objectives are. Supervisors get very heavily criticized when an institution goes under, but often that's the very best thing that could happen. Um, and um, the probably most flagrant abuse that we've seen recently is what happened with IndyMac. Uh, IndyMac was overseen by the Office of Thrift Supervision, and IndyMac uh, should have been subject to prompt corrective action measures so that it should have been closed when its equity-to-asset ratio reached 2%. In fact, uh, it had um, virtually $10 billion in losses before it was shut down. And it's simply because the supervisors were really trying to keep it going. They were acting like social workers rather than simply uh, implementing the law. Um, What's the accountability for that? Well, not much. Uh, there were even there may be some for the supervisor who allowed them to backdate some capital injections, but um, you really need a different kind of incentive system to make supervisors accountable for actually 
carrying out their responsibilities. But that involves being very clear on what their objectives are, having clear standards of measuring them, and having some significant proportion of their pay, which should be higher, uh, withheld until a long enough period that you can tell that, that they performed well. A lot of what we've discussed here today seems to come back to the higher level of complexity in regulatory systems and financial instruments. Is part of the answer here a simpler regulatory scheme that does not create incentives for designing such complex financial products? Well, the market is in some sense doing that on its own. Um, You're no longer going to be able to sell CDOs or CDO squareds or CDO cubes. Uh, SIVs are dead. Um, There is an aversion to complexity at this point that uh, exceeds anything the regulators were likely to have done, with good reason, because uh, it simply became unclear. Uh, I think an enormous challenge is bringing securitization back, and there is some level of securitization that is enormously beneficial, but it's the very transparent kind where you can really easily judge what something's worth. And I I hope that gets restored, but at this point, that's destroyed as well. Um, There are going to be enormous calls for simplifying the structure of the U.S. regulatory system. And there is no denying that we have the most hideously complex, um, uncoordinated system in the world. However, um, it's very hard to argue that it had a major role to play in our failure because uh, the streamlined systems of single regulators and integrated regulators, which now dominate in 36 other peer countries, really didn't do a better job. Um, The FSA in London that is widely admired um, really screwed up in a significant way. Um, Maybe the best example is Northern Rock, which was one of the first fatalities of the the credit crunch. Um, Its primary regulator, the FSA, permitted it to um, start Basel II, the new capital approach, using the uh, advanced internal models approach, which reduced its capital requirement by nearly 30%. And they were permitted to pay that out as dividends to their shareholders something like six weeks before they collapsed. So there was utterly no sense of what the real risks exposures were or uh, how they should be handled. Moreover, um, they really weren't sharing information with the Bank of England um, or the, the, the Treasury, which both have to be involved. And they tried to manage the crisis by committee which led to a series of of really uh, market-unsettling reversals and embarrassing uh, 180-degree turns in policy statements that simply made things worse. Um, So I think there will be a lot of attention to structure, um, and we certainly could think of better structures for the U.S. I think it's unlikely they're going to happen. Um, although this may be our best opportunity ever to clean up what is something that that sort of grew historically and randomly. Um, But there are so many entrenched um, interests in keeping the current structure alive, not least of all in Congress, where various congressional committees have oversight over various pieces of the system, and the regulatees are enormous sources of funding for the campaigns of, of these um, members of Congress. So 
I think it's going to be very tough going, even if um, the administration can make a very lucid argument, as I'm sure they can, for making a simpler, more straightforward structure that would be more comprehensive. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.